Hey, this is Grybach. This is the pre-show warning about spoilers in this episode. We will be covering story chapters 7 through 10, or the name of them is Prized Possessions Up Through Strange Observations. So if you have not finished those story chapters and you are worried about spoilers, turn back now. Uh, We are not going to be doing any spoiler warnings aside from this intro one. So if you don't want spoilers, uh, just going to have to wait until you finish those. Hello and welcome to episode 169 of Relics of Ore. I am your host, Grybach, and joining me this evening on a duo cast, I have my normal co-host, Spirit. How are you doing this evening? Hi. I am really excited to talk about the Guild Wars game and also go see the James Bond after this so I can make fun of it the whole time because I really enjoy James Bond movies to be salty during them. I don't know why. (laughs) Well, there's uh, spoilers. Going to be lots to make fun of. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah, right. See, I told you there weren't going to be spoilers, but here they are. yeah, so we are on a bit of a time crunch, so I guess let's just dive right into it. So chapter seven, that is prized possession uh prized possessions. Uh when was the last time you did that? Has it been a while for you? Uh actually I've done it I've done that one in particular with a couple of people recently because uh they've been having problems with it. Um but it has been a while, so do you want to give us a refresher? Uh sure. So uh, incidentally, I I hadn't done the story uh, since basically launch, and I did the whole thing in the first couple of days, but I've been going through parts of it with a friend who's been working a lot of hours, so some of this is at least a little bit fresh in my mind. Uh, so this is the one right after you've gotten into Orc Basin, and you meet up with the Exalted for the first time, and you meet with Ruka the Wanderer, and then... Uh, basically you try and run with the egg to get it to safety and you're given, um, glints egg skills as you run away from super crazy monster Fowlin, um, which is a whole thing we might want to talk about on its own. Uh, and then at the end of it, you basically, it's indicated that you need to go into Tarir and, but you have a mastery gate between this one and the next step, which... It's probably also worth talking about a little bit. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one really bothered me from a like a narrative perspective because they were like, "Hey, you're the savior of our people, uh, but we're not actually going to help you learn anything about us. Like, you just got to do it on your own, and then you can come into our city." Like, I really feel like <laughs> that should have either happened before this chapter or just like I don't know. It was weird from a narrative perspective. There, not even from a, like a gating perspective. I f- yeah, I feel like uh, if you were going to put the if you had to have this gate, it should have been before this one. Before you meet the exalted, like if you went in and didn't have the mastery, maybe Ruka was like, or like so- you know, sounded like <laughs> he spoke Midna. in wingdings. Yeah, like do one of those like Legend of Zelda things where they just speak in these like weird mumbles that you don't understand. Yeah. Um, like that would have made sense, but then you know you're already talking to a guy and then it's sort of to bring it back to zelda was sort of like the skyward sword like you are the chosen one now go do some menial tasks to prove to us that you are worthy (laughs) of being the chosen one like yeah um (laughs) not not the smoothest experience and i think 
to tie this back into some of our earlier discussions from past episodes, this is the type of stuff that made the mastery gates feel kind of, or the masteries feel kind of grindy at the very beginning because Mm -hmm. you so desperately want to unlock the movement trifecta and like unlocking all three of those. And then you like move on to the story and immediately are presented with like, Hey, better learn another mastery that by the way, you weren't able to learn until you moved into that map. Like, you couldn't have been working on it ahead of time until you had been to the next map. Yeah. And that actually comes up again, I believe. I believe right after Strange Observations is another Mastery Gate. Um, Or maybe it's, yeah, where you need to have the first Newhawk Mastery and you can't start training that until you get into that map. So, yeah. yeah, Actually, if you haven't been all the way, like, through... There's not one for Dragon Stand, but if you haven't even visited Tangled Depths yet, I highly recommend just popping through there and unlocking the mastery track, even if you don't want to do the map yet, just because you have that option of, of progressing it earlier and you don't have to deal with it later on in the gate or as a story gate. Yeah, and it doesn't it really doesn't take that long to do these really like the first tier masteries, but it feels like it takes too long when you've been spending a long time on other masteries and then suddenly you're confronted with a you need to go earn this right now if you want to progress yeah it just yeah it just doesn't feel good to feel like you've made the wrong choice in uh like what you've been training but also to further have been denied even the ability to make the choice that's true yeah kind of kind of awkward it's it's kind of awkward to introduce you to a map and then immediately say hey you unlocked a thing now you better go you know spend some time grinding into that so that you can actually continue yeah it's a little bit awkward um so backing up a bit though like so for for this mission uh, i don't know i thought the valon monster looked really weird (laughs) did you watch the uh the creatures points of interest or not points of interest uh guild chat uh, no, I didn't. But then I saw people all upset about spoilers, and they were sort of yeah. talking about things like that. And I was like, I bet that's the creature that they showed off, but I didn't actually go back yeah. and watch it. That's what I have heard. Also, I have not seen it, but I heard the same complaints. Yeah, that's um, kind of a funny. Do you know what they talked about with it? Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. Me neither. It's that's kind of a weird creature to talk about. I feel like on a on that type of a show when there's so many. When there's so many interesting creatures that they've created in the jungle and, and like new races and uh, it's just all sorts of things, it's really like kind of weird to choose the one that's like actually a spoiler. But meh, I guess. Yeah. I know people are salty about it though. People get salty about spoilers, um, which I understand. But uh, did you did you like the usage and I guess implementation slash introduction to the Clint skills? Um, I didn't have any problem with them mm-hmm. um, because I'm very familiar with the kind of the, like, the Zephyrite skills. I know the lore behind them and how, they, how they're tied in with Clint. Mm-hmm. And so it was very logical to me how they all um, kind of went together and what I was supposed to use each one for. Um, you know, having a lot of experience, having done all the all the events in Dry Top and the the Labyrinthine Cliffs and stuff. Um, the people I have grouped with have not had such a nice experience, unfortunately. And I will say one thing I had too was I there's that section at the end where after you you, you run the gauntlet up the hill of the exploding bombs, which I had no problem with, but I had a couple people that got out of there naked because it just destroyed them. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm so thankful that I like I missed all of these horrible bugs that people are talking about and these just like really terrible sections because I, I don't even know how, but I'm so grateful because I had a really great experience. Um, and I then totally the, thought you the were just going to say because I'm, so, I'm so great. <laughs> no, like I'm really just grateful the, ga the game chose not to poop on me with its RNG this time. <laughs> but anyway, uh, there's a section at the end where you have to glide over a canyon and when I did it, I just went straight over and my egg skill carried me to the end and I didn't have to do anything. But apparently, like for other people, it was very not intuitive that you would have to hit the two skill. And I didn't even have to hit it. I just glided straight across. So I was giving people this advice and uh, they were throwing themselves off the edge <laughs> trying to uh, get it to work. And it just worked differently for me than other people, yeah, which is well, a shame because I, I thought it like it, it was a nice like... For me, the chase was a great experience. Like, it was just close enough that I was a little bit, like, I was worried that something could happen, but nothing did because I was just ahead of her the whole time. And for other people, it was just a nightmare of respawning over and over and over again. Yeah, I think it's a little bit awkward with more than one person, but that's kind of unavoidable, I guess. Um, at least I've had some weird issues where it's like, it only matters if the instance owner dies. So, like, you can kind of, it can kind of get a little bit annoying, but um we i don't think we've had too many troubles with that mechanically so far mm -hmm. uh which which is good um have you done have you tried to do the uh modes of light thing i haven't I've, i haven't actually gone back and done any of the achievements yet just because there's so much other stuff to do yeah um it was actually pretty fun it, it's not particularly hard but it's a lot easier if you have somebody else and you're not the instance owner because then you can sort of like goof around and Fallon's chasing somebody else um there was definitely a part or two where I was like how am I supposed to get that so there's there's these sort of modes of light uh in the chase section and there's an achievement for getting all of them uh and so you kind of have to like go out of your way or like so um, I don't know if you remember, but sort of by the bombs, it's like you're sort of going through a ravine sort of looking area at the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? Sort of like mm -hmm. the walls are kind of in close and like twisty turny. There's actually a spot where you can get way up, like like way, way up that ravine with the skill three. And then you can jump around like 50, 60 feet above the ground, like up on those walls. And there's like moats you have to get up there. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so there was like some kind of fun stuff where I like see these ones way up there, and I was like, "How? I don't even, I don't even know where I'm supposed to go to get those because it was way higher than the jump skill or the number three skill alone would take you." But like you could, you had to like turn around and like find a spot behind you to jump up and then jump around up there. So, um, I thought that part was really fun, really cool. Um, yeah, and actually, I've done some of the achievements on several of these now, so. Overall, I think they're pretty good, but we can talk about that a little bit later. But anyway, I just um, I, it was it was fun. It was I actually didn't quite get it because uh, my friend that was doing it for his first time didn't know that <laughs> didn't know that I was doing that. Um, so he actually ended it right as I was about to get the last one. But uh it's okay. Uh, I know where they are now. So um, but yeah, it, I mean, uh, it was. Aside from, like, the sort of weird-looking Fallon creature monster thing, who, like, I think I think part of what weirded me out is her head was so gigantic that it didn't look like a corrupted Fallon to me. It looked like kind of something just, like, mimicking her face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which, I don't know, I got the feeling that it was supposed to be, like, her, but all, like, grown out and mutated and, and whatever, but I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. There's no... 
There's not really any special Silvari dialogue during that mission, is there? I don't know. I haven't played through any Silvari yet. Okay. I hmm. I don't think that there is, but I could be wrong. Hmm. Should have checked that before the show. Oh, well. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say about prized, position- prized possessions? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I loved the music. It's the it's also the music for the Tarir meta event, but that's uh the time where it really hooked me and I want it real bad. Yeah, yeah, I um I kind of forgot about that. But yeah, I, I do remember that now that you say that. It was it was good. Solid. Um Yeah. No, it was uh it, it was good. I it was fun it was fun to get those skills back. Uh I guess on a related note, have you had a chance to do the Sanctum Scramble, which by the way is the name of it. I couldn't remember it on the other podcast. Uh the Sanctum Scramble <laughs> adventure. Yeah, I did it. Uh I've done it not uh seriously. I tried it once. I was in that in, in that room for one reason or another. It wasn't for the for the adventure, but I saw it and I was like, oh, I'll just do that. That looks fun. Um, and was so focused on looking for whatever I was looking for in that room that I actually didn't realize I had any skills until I got almost to the end. Oh my god! So my time was horrendous. The exact but... same thing happened to my wife and I. <laughs> yeah, we ran the entire thing without our skills because we just like didn't even look at our skill bar. Um, so yeah, you have the dragon skills, folks. Uh, use them and use them wisely. <laughs> Um, it's actually really hard, though. I still haven't gotten gold on it. I was three seconds shy of it this evening, which hurt a little. Um, but I have a love-hate relationship with that one, because sometimes you just, like, slip off at the most obnoxious angles on, like, the random tree branches. And also sometimes when you're gliding and using skill two, you'll, like, touch down on something just a little bit, and then you'll plummet to the ground because you stop gliding. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a cool one. Anyway, just uh but since we're talking about the dragon egg skills, and those are the only time you, the only other time you get to use them, I figured it was perhaps worth mentioning. So, um, I guess next up would be Chapter Eight, City of Hope. Um, you want to talk about that one a little bit? Um, so this is the one where you, you after you bypass the Master Gate, you're allowed into the city, and you talk to the Luminate, who is the the head honcho among the Exalted. Um, they give you a little bit of lore, but not, uh, not a whole lot. Just basically the, the basic story of the Exalted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how they, how they came to be in these suits of armor and they put you through three tests because that's how the Forgotten do things. They do them in threes and also in tests. Always. If I've learned anything about Guild Wars 2, <laughs> like the Guild Wars universe, it's that we have to do tests in the three always. Um, so the first one is just fighting some dragon minions. You are not allowed to die or leave the room, otherwise the test will reset, which was a pain in the butt for me, because I got stuck in a loop where, um, something right in front of the door was camping me and knocking me back, and so I kept getting knocked back out and restarting the challenge, and my health wouldn't reset, because that's how you're supposed to, like, the health, your health just doesn't reset in that room. So I had an, <laughs> I had an awful wombo combo of a time the first time I went through there. Um, also, you can't heal. Yes, you can't heal. Also, that is a thing. Yeah. Uh, the other, what's the next room? It's uh, it's the one where you're a rabbit, isn't it? Or is it the maze? It's the maze. Yep, it is the maze. Um, so you have to navigate through a maze within a certain time limit. You can kill these little things to uh, to up your time. And there's a few hazards in the maze, but it's not particularly difficult. And then you have to jump over the top of it to get out. Which is 
did tell me if this happened for you was the first thing you thought when you saw the maze like look around hey i bet i can climb up that thing and then just fly over the top of the maze <laughs> yeah and then my character said it out loud yeah 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 that's exactly yeah I, th I thought it was really funny that it was like you you're supposed to air quotes go through this whole maze and like activate these three things and then the last thing is think about going up like think of think from above or whatever and it's like yeah you, i mean i kind of <laughs> yeah i did that first <laughs> yeah yeah okay um incidentally i believe there's an achievement for not killing anything uh so like not extending your time in any way um which is very easy to get so yep and then yeah the last room is you are turned into a rabbit and you have to res um packed soldiers to help you defeat the Morja wolves in that room and that was frustrating for me because my yeah my npcs were pretty wimpy no matter how much i tried to buff them mm -hmm. like i had to have three to take on one Morja wolf reasonably and I had, if I got two margin wolves, sometimes they would kill all three of my NPCs and I'd have to start over. Were you using so, yeah. your skill one offensively very much? Um, I tried to, but with the latency, it bit me in the butt more than uh, it was helpful. So I really just had to press my numbers advantage. Mm -hmm. um, that one is kind of janky with more than one person, because if you split up, uh, I believe they always run to the instance owner. So... Um, you you end up aggroing some things that you probably shouldn't uh, on accident because they'll be like, "Hey, my buddy's over there. I'm gonna run over there." You're mm. like, "No, no, 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 no! Stick with me. I rezzed you. You're mine now." Um, <laughs> which doesn't work that way. Uh, but the good news is, if you stick with your friend, then you res twice as quickly, so it actually makes it quite a bit faster. Because then, even if you get into combat, you can actually like res one right next to you if you need to. So, right. Yeah. Um. A little bit of an odd room, to be sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I think it's also, did you notice some of the dialogue from the people? Like, you res them and they're like, uh, Commander? Is that? Yeah. Is that you? It was all really good, too. <laughs> Commander, burn me! You're a rabbit! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a pretty, pretty funny dialogue in there. So, it's, I mean, it's cutesy. And then, is that it? Um... Yeah, I, well, the, I think it ends with you you placing the egg in the chamber, right? Like the yeah, like it introduces you to the the inner sanctum. Yeah, By I the guess... way, you can return to it any time once you've done that chapter. Yeah, which is where that adventure is. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. So uh, you know, like the I feel like some classes have it uh, quite a bit easier for the first section. Like it's not that hard. But if you don't have good stun breakers and you get knocked around some, it can be annoying. And if you're really squishy, uh, it can also be kind of challenging. Um, I've experienced varying degrees of difficulty on several classes. So, um, you know, it's not that hard, but it can be a little bit annoying, but is much, much easier with uh, party, which I mean, again, that's I guess that's sort of the recurring theme is that they're balanced around one person and like, yeah. Skill and skill and class, depending, that may be more or less difficult, but with a party, it's mm. always much easier. So, uh, so anyway, so after you place the egg, you move on to chapter nine, which is Predator's Path, and basically you follow around some hollow discs. Uh, this one's out in the open world, and you go and like search them out and then it plays a little holographic recording of timey saying like hey this is what i'm doing go that way to like find the next one slash find me um 
So there's really not much to this one. Um, at the end of it, you talk to this really funny, insane Norn, which I yes. found pretty delightful. Like, he and his buddy came here to, uh, like, devote themselves to Mordramoth, sort of like Sons of Svanir, except, you know, Mordramoth or whatever. And, like, their dialogue is, is quite funny. Um, I know you're a big, a big Norn fan. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to say Timey's dialogue is also fantastic. Like for a, um, I guess a checkpoint quest where you're just kind of, uh, you know, going from point to to point. Yeah, it was a fantastic one because they're all wonderfully voiced. I don't know who's, do you know offhand who Timey's voice actor is? I do not. Other than amazing? Yeah, Um, no. My friend also (laughs) who doesn't normally pay super close attention to this i mean he he pays attention but he's not like super super into it was like was remarking on how like how funny and good the dialogue was in this mission mm-hmm. so that's uh uh yeah it was it was it was pretty funny especially like i said i mean i love the little the little one that you go and you find it and she's like hey are you recording is this thing on i don't see the light on <laughs> whatever we'll start do it over. later yeah start over and then it just ends and your character's just like hmm not as helpful as I was hoping. Yeah, I also like the one where she's like, it's right behind you! Unless you killed it, in which case it's not. But and if you didn't, it's right behind you! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, voiced by Debbie Derryberry? What a fantastic name. Debbie Derryberry. Huh. Well, I would like to give you a high five for your excellent voicing. Uh, oh, she's also the voice of Belinda. No. And can also be seen in Toy Story, Aladdin, and The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron. Hmm. Okay. Well, excellent, uh, excellent voice work there. Um, but yeah, it's a very, very short, uh, very short instance, but, but, uh, full of flavor, I guess. Um, and then that just brings us to the last one that we were going to talk about, which is Strange Observations. Um, also a pretty short one. Do you want to talk about what goes on in that one? Um, mostly dialogue right like timey you you get in there and they're like um as the responsible adults that we are that are slaying dragons we've let the child get lost again <laughs> and so you're like gotta go wade knee deep into the dinosaurs and find her and you work your way down a tunnel there's a tunnel with mordrum traps and a a weird sort of mechanic where these there's these mordrum on pedestals um that are controlling wolves and then i think you can steal the pedestals from them and it deals torment to you but you deal more like i don't i remember i just thought that was a weird mechanic that we hadn't seen anywhere else really yeah there's an achievement for like stealing it from them and then killing the wolves which i didn't even i literally didn't even understand (laughs) what that achievement was talking about or what was even happening there because the first time i played it i was just on my reaper and i pretty much just ruffle stomped the entire thing (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess you can do that, though. I guess there's an achievement for it. So one of these days I'll go back. Um, it's also, the, yeah, and then it's the one where you get there and you somehow jury-rig a friggin', like, dinosaur bones into, like, semiconductors or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, a, again, a, a pretty pretty short one. Um and then yeah, I mean you 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 rig it up. You do you activate? Uh, um, wow, now I can't remember their names. Uh, Exalted. There we go. Do you like do you like activate him or does he just sort of like show up once you activate the stuff? Um, they have super magical teleporty powers. 
which I'm not sure like what they like. I feel like it's just a sort of a they're magical, so they can teleport anywhere, like sort of situation because they do it around around Orc Basin as well. They clearly so just you, have you, a separate waypoint system. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, the Exalted have invisible waypoints. This is the worst, and they won't share. Don't worry, it's just going to be like an Exalted Tier 7 Mastery they come out with later. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be like seven bajillion experiences. Yep. Um, but yeah, you power up this magical device, and he goes, oh, there's a magic thing, better teleport there. Yeah, okay, yeah. And then so that uh, reveals the map of Leyline locations and... Uh, also points out where Mordmoth is, sort of, relatively speaking. Um, I don't know, tell me if this struck you as weird. It, it, it sort of hit my ear funny that when the Exalted was talking to you about, like, you know, what's what's that What's that big dot on the ley line? That he, that he called it the Jungle Dragon? I don't know. That sort of, that sounds like a very, like, community name, not like something that an actual, like, mystical enchanted armor person would call it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it didn't strike me as weird at the, uh, as weird at the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a big deal. It, yeah, like, it's not the worst, like, I don't know. I think if, yeah, if you, if I had known that, like, um, in a similar vein, when, in early living story, when uh, people were like, oh yeah, over an old DR, I was like, yeah, that's kind of a nice as a nod to the community, but it's also, like, weird to hear NPCs using the abbreviations that we use. Yeah, I mean, some of them are a little bit... Yeah, I don't know. It uh, it would make a little bit more sense to hear, like, LA or maybe DR to me, because that's, I mean, that's something that normal people say. But I feel like if you're in a fantasy world and there's, like, these primal engines of destruction, you're probably going to call them by their name, not Jungle Dragon and Ice Dragon. Like, you know what I mean? But maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, like, for me, the DR, yeah, like, I think it's just a personal thing for me. It's not as weird, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I think part, like, part of it is the exalted like, thing. You know, like, it, it wouldn't strike my ear as funny, uh, as funny if, if one of the members of your sort of NPC posse said it. Because you're sort of just like going all around the world, like gallivanting around killing dragons everywhere. So if they're like, oh yeah, it's the jungle dragon. But like when the Exalted's entire purpose seems to be resolving around like Glint's Egg and Mordramoth, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, minor quibble, but I was just reminded of it because I, again, just did this instance a couple days ago for the second time. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that kind of weirding me out the first time I heard that. But regardless, um, not too bad. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting. This isn't really particularly a spoiler of any content, but we were talking before the show, and it seems like the story gets sort of shorter and shorter, almost like the the, the farther you get towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, eh, I mean, yeah. No, I, I yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it yet, but it does get, like I felt rushed towards the end for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely don't want to talk about any content of any of any sort. But like, uh, yeah, there's a. As you'll note, there, there's there really wasn't much to say aside from like just giving a brief synopsis of them, because uh, I mean they were so short. Um, but uh, we also were planning to talk about guild halls a little bit now that both Twit and Relics have had a chance to capture theirs and sink some time and resources into upgrading them and all that. Um, did you want to talk about that? You've been a little bit more involved in the upgrading and like managing portion of that than I have. Yeah, I guess. Um, 
So we kept Gilded Hollow about three weeks back. Um, we've had a, a chance to poke kind of all around it and find all the all the good stuff, um, as well as build up a few things. Um, we've had a lot of fun building like the the bigger kind of stuff. Like we unlocked all of our all of the the tier one um, buildings, quote unquote, because they're mostly like they just kind of pop up a tent in in the first couple weeks. Uh, maybe even in the first week. We did it really fast. We were all ready. <laughs> we were very excited about that. Um, and they, like, they, the upgrades themselves weren't very exciting. The There's a shortcut scene when you when you unlock one of those. Um, weren't also that exciting because it was just kind of a tent just popped into existence. But some of the dialogue, um, as these characters were, were joining your guild hall and um, kind of getting established, was really good. Um, it was always very exciting for us to to meet a new NPC or something and uh, have them have a chat. Like that's probably, sadly, one of the most exciting parts of some of the upgrades is when the the NPCs have a little chatter about it. Um, so yeah, that that is one major critique I have of it is some of the upgrades are just not like very exciting at all, um, but are necessary. So you've got these, uh, or not necessary, but um, especially the mine. So once you get the, the mine unlocked, it's just kind of, especially in Gilded Hollow, a Lost Precipice, it's a little bit cooler, but in Gilded Hollow, it's kind of just like a little dirt room, and you go there every once in a while and offer up your soul to this NPC because they want an item that takes charged quartz, uh, charged quartz crystals, mm-hmm. um, and those are just a pain in the butt. So the, these are the, the ley line tools for guild leaders and people who know what I'm talking about. Um, and you have to cap your capacity of the time gate thing. So Ethereum is generated, if you're just starting from scratch, it's generated one every minute. Um, so every time you upgrade your uh, Ethereum production, it takes 10 seconds off of it. So these are really good upgrades because it's significantly taking off the time gating aspect of it. Wait, what do you, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit confused by what you mean there. You you said you earn one every second, but you upgrade it and it takes off 10 seconds? Yeah, so um, just as your base, like when you first get your guild hall, you earn an, or when you first get your mine, actually, because you don't even get it until you get your mine, um, one Ethereum is generated every 60 seconds. But if you get Ethereum production one, then one Ethereum is generated every 50 seconds. Okay, so I each, gotcha. So each time you get one of those upgrades, it takes 10 seconds off the the production time. Okay, yeah, I, I some in my brain, I got my signals crossed, and I thought you said you gained one a second, and then you took off 10 seconds, and I was like, that's... Oh. <laughs> negative nine i wait yeah no i got you okay sorry i follow yeah so anyway the basically the the mine grades are all sort of you wait so that you can wait faster to get other things and not only are you waiting but these are like the capacity ones are actually required for most of the tier two buildings so now we've, we've got our arena up and functioning um we've got actually we don't have anything else we have the arena in tier two and the mine in tier two because we had to to get more capacity to get the other ones and so we've just kind of hit this not fun period where it's a lot of waiting and it's waiting for things that make the waiting faster and just kind of like a really like a, a not good place right now 
That kind of reminds me of, like, in some of the later Assassin's Creeds, I guess not later, most of them now at this point, um, that, like, when you can buy property or whatever, you sort of, like, get into this situation where it's, like, you you want to just, like, go out and buy a bunch of stuff, not because you actually care about it or want it, but because then that, like, allows you to get other property faster, and then, yeah. and then like, then you can start using that money on your, like, gear and stuff, you know, it's, like, the the stuff you actually want is all of your like assassin gadgets but the best way in general to actually get all of them was to buy property so that you could wait and buy property faster so that you could wait and buy property faster so that then you could mm-hmm. wait a little bit and buy your gear um which is yeah I, I mean on the one hand uh guild content is sort of one of those things that it's not like playing for masteries where like <laughs> it it kind of, on the one hand, it kind of like kills you if you're really excited to get a thing and you are are struck by this hard time gate. But on the other hand, at least it's not something you have to be actively doing, like with your character. You know, like yeah, you're not like grinding your character's time or like multiple players' time in order to get those types of things. You're sort of just like having to delay your gratification, I guess. Yeah, it's the uh, some of the gripe for me is that we've kind of lost and especially actually i'll make this point really for for world v world guilds especially um but also for guilds who had kind of access to all those those buffs that you know reduce waypoint costs or whatever we've lost functionality since art of florence and to actually get it back we have to wait quite a while and spend a lot of materials which just doesn't feel good like if we had just built this up from the start then whatever but we kind of lost that um at least the ability to have those upgrades um and so it's a little bit frustrating to me that we're just kind of getting back to a point where we were um and for wolvie world especially because if you haven't looked at the like the war camp and i know a lot of pve guilds haven't um you actually can't cap buildings in world v world until you unlock certain upgrades so right now relics of war can only cap camps uh which is fine for relics of war because we you know pretty much only do it in small groups yeah we, i mean we we have people interested in world v world we have people who primarily play world v world but none of them are kind of all on the same server because we're a pretty like a pretty social guild and we just don't we haven't that's just not a thing we do is get everyone on on one server to make sure that we have the numbers to world v world as a guild right so but i can't imagine for for world v world guilds um that have now lost that functionality to cap stone mist or keeps um where that's so so important uh what they're dealing with right now and on top of that uh the world v world guilds got an extra kind of wombo combo because some of the upgrades in their tree take materials that only drop in the Alpine Borderlands, yeah, which are now gone indefinitely. Hmm. hmm. Which, like, yeah, I don't want to sit here and badmouth it because it's like it's a good system, and we have to like, like, I don't think ArenaNet was like, yeah, this can only drop in the Alpine Borderlands. We're just gonna hate on the worldly worlders. Blah, 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 blah. But and I just think it was honestly an oversight, and we'll probably see, at least I hope we'll see, a patch to it or some kind of change that'll allow people to get these again. Because the, they're just um, heavy supply bags, which drop from level 80 centaurs, uh, which are nowhere except the Alpine Borderlands, except for Living Story, but they don't drop anything in there. Yeah. So I, I kind of think ArenaNet will probably just change it at some point. I hope they do. I hope they at least address it, because that's really not good. 
It's not good on multiple levels. Yeah, there's no way that it was intentional that they put in a requirement for a guild hall that's unobtainable. Like, that the only way to obtain it is to obtain excess ones from the trading post, which have shot up in price a lot, like, to a yeah. ridiculous degree. Yeah, they, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's got to be an oversight. I'm sure that what happened is when they were designing it, like, whoever was doing it probably just, like, looked at things that you could currently get in World v. World and then didn't, like, cross-check to see that anything dropped that in the new maps because either they just weren't thinking about it or that wasn't their wheelhouse of, like, play, and so they didn't, mm -hmm. you know, make the connection that, like, they only dropped from centaurs and centaurs are not in the new maps. Or, who knows? I mean, the new maps may not have even been done at the time. I mean, yeah, th there's innumerable steps in which like that that kind of an oversight could have happened so i'm sure that they'll get working on it you know hopefully soon i'm sure it's yep. not intentional i guess oh the... yeah i'm um i'm just trying to think about other things uh we've kind of found uh in terms of scribing uh not that i wanted to be grumpy or anything but uh we've been having difficulty um even three weeks in we don't have our basic decorations merchant or any we pretty much only have pumpkins in our guild hall. Like, that's all we decorate is pumpkins. Because I went crazy the day before uh, Halloween was over, opened a ton of trick-or-treat bags. And to empty my inventory, I bought the guild 80 pumpkins. And what do so you, that's What do you trade for pumpkins? Uh, it was 100 candy corns per pumpkin uh, oh, while okay. Halloween was out. And you could trade that right in the guild hall, but the, it's gone now. Mm, okay. Um. So we've got, like, the collector's edition decorations and pumpkins just pumpkins coming out of our ears which is it's kind of funny because we've made a few jumping puzzles out of pumpkins and we've also kind of uh as people have explored the guild hall marked off uh different areas with pumpkins but anyway um we haven't been able to progress our scribing very much because we need the basic decorations vendor who needs thousands of coarse sand yeah uh which is also needed for the tavern because it needs hundreds of glass mugs um yeah it's just there's and coarse sand is coming down in price now thankfully yeah. so it's, it's getting a lot better as is flax. i have to say actually yeah actually at um at the end of tavern two um we don't have all of our tavern bonuses yet but we have tavern two active and when we finish the kegs and mugs in our treasury right now that's the end of kegs and mugs for us like with the end is in sight but it's still like 400 mugs and 300 kegs away so what is gross. what does the tavern give you um the tavern unlock like the tavern one unlocks the ability to get guild buffs which you can buy from the various merchants okay um that the guild buffs get better with each of the buffs you... So say you have the, the Karma and XP buffs. Um, each of those gives 4% XP or 4% Karma, respectively. When you buy the guild gathering buff, they all get 1% better. So each buff you unlock makes all your buffs better. And are um, these uh, temporary buffs or are they permanent buffs? or They're consumables that you can pick up anytime in the guild hall for free. You can only have one equipped at a time, but they last for a day. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like I don't, yeah, I don't mind how the system works. It's just that, um, yeah, that's pretty much all in, in Tavern 1. And it's not even related to the Tavern. Most of the upgrades you get from the Tavern are your banners and like various consumables for the guild but mm -hmm. because we have all those unlocked already 
really all that's left from us for the tavern is swiftness within the guild hall and um, waypoint discounts. So, I mean, we'll get to those eventually, but there's other more attractive stuff first, I think. Yeah. It's, you know, when we're talking about this, it sort of gives me some sympathy for uh, some sympathy for the position that ArenaNet's in with developing some of this content, and also I think it like behooves us to really take a look at this as like a potential lesson or like sort of food for thought moment because the reason in the community a lot of the time there is a lot of call for making specific like making older content still relevant or desirable and one of the main ways to do that would be to have something that you can only earn there and so the situation is with sand is that it really incentivizes you to go through the living story season two areas because that is the main place where you get it and the reason that that is valuable is purely because of this new guild content but the reason that it's frustrating is because there's so much new content to do that nobody really wants to do the old like people want old content to be relevant when there's nothing new to do they don't want old content to be required when there is new stuff to do which is Mm -hmm. sort of loops back into our discussion about the quartarian masteries which i actually have a separate minor uh irritation with as well but uh yeah it, it feels it feels kind of bad to be feeling a very strong push to go back and do old content when there's still so much new content that i haven't gotten around to and haven't had time to do and it's kind of like it can provide sort of an irritation point i feel like for myself and like other people because like auto loot you know this is the segue into the masteries auto loot is so cool and like so nice and useful but like uh barring cof farming i don't really want to go and earn you know eight million or however much experience it is back in Corteria right now and like I similarly was looking to maybe craft a Sinister gear set for my warrior to try it out with a Berserker build because they have so much burning and you can, you know, you can use sword for auto attack for conditions as well. And then I looked at it and was like, oh, I need a Sinister Insignia recipe. Where do I get those? Oh, Silver Waste. Hmm. Nobody's really doing that right now. And like, it was really easy to get it, uh, you know, four months ago when everybody was doing it but like it was kind of dead when i went in there so mm-hmm. yeah it it puts them in a really tough position because on the one hand you know aside from just making something nice because of pure gold if they put in much stronger incentives like they're currently kind of are and in many ways is kind of a frustrating irritating situation um or at least it feels counter to what they want heart of thorns to be i mean they yeah, I mean, presumably they want the focus to be on the new content. So, I don't know. Just uh, just food for thought. With that uh, continuing on the food for thought, food for thought, though, do you think it's a... Do you think it's only feeling bad because it is pulling us away from, like, the... We, we want to check out all the new newness, but do you think it's good uh, for the game long-term? See, I mean, so that's... I guess that's sort of what I was trying to say is that it... It feels like it's one of those things like if there weren't new content out now or necessarily soon per se, um, 
you know, then yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's, I guess, again, it's sort of a, it's sort of like those initial masteries, like after you've done them or whatever, it's not as big of a deal. But at that point where you kind of still have so much that you haven't done and want to do that's new going and like feeling, feeling like there's some gate of something that you don't want to do in order to get to what you do want to do feels bad. But like after, you know, I think I think we're all mostly at a point with the masteries now that if we've been playing much of Heart of Thorns every day or week that we've, you know, we still have a lot of masteries to earn, but we have the ones that like that feel like we need to have them. And so like masteries are not as not really a pain point anymore. So, you know, I think somewhat similar to that, like eventually we're going to get tired of doing the adventures and doing you know, doing doing the exploration of these maps if, you know, I mean, we still haven't necessarily even finished doing that and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, organizing your guild to go out and do silver wastes or something to get sand is not necessarily that onerous a task when once you, you know, once you've reached that point where you, you like, there's still maybe some stuff that you want to do, but you don't feel desperate to do it anymore. So mm. I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's good for the long-term health of the game. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't really... I'm not sad at all that it's there. I'm a little bit sad that it dropped in the way it did, where, um, like, I, re- I kind of wish we had had it earlier, and it was... Because, yeah, the the big problem for me is not just that um, it drops in a zone that is old, um, but the fact that I've spent probably in silver waste alone hundreds of hours yes and i just don't want to go back i know i spent at least i spent 60 hours in silver waste during the week we farmed for beta portals um and that was just that one week so i know i've been there so much and i just don't want to go back yeah yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at especially with the masteries oh and you're right the other mastery point that i said was sort of a little bit of a, a bugbear for me is i also was looking at my mastery points in Corteria, and like because we didn't know what was going to give us mastery points from Corteria, i wasn't particularly working towards that so while i have you know i you know you know one and a half two thousand hours like i have air quotes maybe only 40 mastery points and i did the math and that means that i can do two of the three mastery lines so now i'm sitting here looking at it and saying well i would much rather have auto loot which is the top tier in that line and precursor crafting and sorry fractals but i'm just not gonna have the mastery points to do it and i could not be bothered right now to go back and go figure out and do things like in Corteria that will get me the mastery points that I just like didn't happen to do beforehand. So it's a it's a similar sort of feeling, I think. So but I don't know. There's still there's still so much to do. There's still so much I mean, we were talking before mm-hmm. the podcast. I still haven't even done um I still haven't even done the Dragon Stand. I basically haven't even been in Dragon Stand. I went there for the story and that's pretty much it. Um so there's still a t- ton of stuff to do which is great um uh, but, uh thanks windows 10 i didn't really need that but thank you um <laughs> i am completely oh uh scribing i did want to touch on this um is really expensive is coming down because flax and coarse sand are coming down mm-hmm. thankfully um 
you actually can't get past 150 in scribing right now because it requires an item that uh, you can't obtain right now. Why is that? So that's or what is it? Or uh, resonating fragments, which are <coughs> sorry acquired by um, merging resonating slivers, which are acquired only from doing guild missions. Uh, and you're just supposed to double click the slivers, and they don't uh, to combine them into fragments, and they just won't do it. So um, that's a bit of a frustration because not only can you not acquire like basically you can't acquire any scrapping decorations above 150 um as well as any of the materials above 150 for your guild hall that a scribe would make so that i mean it hasn't hit us hard yet other than the fact that eric is actually pulling his hair out trying to make all these this uh coarse sandpaper just because it's such a such a expensive process um, and by the like, by the way, I don't have a problem with um, scribing being an expensive crafting profession in general. Um, but the initial cost, especially especially with everything being so new and everyone being not like not only the crush of people um, starting scribing, but all being stuck at 150 is keeping those materials way off. And it's just a pain to get that stuff right now, unfortunately. Like, yeah. I really want to start on um, some stuff later in the scribing tree for uh, personal reasons, because you can have Statues of the Gods, uh, which is really cool, and I want some of those in my guild hall. Um, but also because there's a collection that requires scribing 400 to start that I want to be working on, but I can't until I can hit 400, so... Brutal. What is that? Um, it's actually it's for uh Uzalan's mechanical orchestra. You can replicate one and have it as a decoration in your guild hall. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm really excited to get to that whenever I can. I I I don't know if it's that big of a deal right now because of the time gating. I don't know if many guilds have hit the point where they can't proceed because of scribing. Yeah. Um, or or rather, they can't pre like. If they can't proceed for actual literal reasons, rather than I know there's definitely people that can't proceed because of scribing because they can't afford it right now. Yeah. Um, which is you know sort of a separate distinction, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read a pretty scathing review of scribing. Who's this is only for rich guild leaders, and I'm like, I'm a rich guild leader, and I can't afford that. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's. That's pretty much all there is to say about that, I guess. It's, uh, yeah. Also, I saw some people expressing the sentiment that, like, it's also pretty much only for guild leaders and officers, just from the pure perspective of it being largely infeasible to do without guild help. But if you aren't an officer and, like, your guild was siphoning you money and resources, that, like, there's no recourse from you just being like, hey, thanks, and then just leaving the guild and just scribing mm. for another guild because it's a, like, personal rank. It's not... It's not like a guild crafting station that in your guild anybody can use and like communally craft at or something like that. Like because it's bound to a specific player, it makes that player incredibly valuable. And so it means that it's like combined with its cost, it's really not feasible for non guild leaders or people with high investment in the guild from mm. working on. And so it also irks 
some of the people that are like super into crafting because i know that there's some people i don't really care about crafting one way or another i just want it to be something that's like viable and not completely pointless and so but there's people that crafting is their jam like they they love crafting and I can definitely see how that could be frustrating for those types of players to be like, hey, they added a whole new super special crafting profession that everybody's going to appreciate, but mm. I'm not an officer, so it's never going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I I wish it was a little bit easier to get into. Like, I wish we had, um, and I think this is just stuff they can add over time. Like, I, I'm not sure they understood how much people wanted stuff like this, but I wish... Um, it was a little bit easier to get into things in terms of decorating. Like, I wish um, three weeks into our guild hall, we could have three, four, almost four now. Uh, weeks into our guild hall, we could have a uh, table. something more than pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, like a table or like bookshelves, chairs. Well, and it's I don't so, know, like we just haven't been able to acquire it yet. Yeah, and it's like, it, it feels so sort of backwards because the one thing in a guild hall that's completely going to have literally zero effect on the game is is these you know like yeah. it's not like you're worried about their you know like destroying the economy or whatever with people getting like buffs or getting guild missions which would give you access to some something or you know like it is literally purely 100 percent cosmetic it is the like most casual sort of part of a guild in theory and for it to be like such a stopping point is sort of uh, it's it's kind of funny almost because uh, i mean i don't know maybe again maybe they just didn't foresee the demand for it um i mean i know that we've got a very small little guild like a personal guild with some of my friends and i and it's just like the only thing that we would really care about having a guild hall for is decorating it and like that's literally never going to happen right now so um but it, i mean it doesn't uh it doesn't make me upset or anything it's just sort of it's sort of a funny i don't know if you'd call it a priority but like i guess hierarchy of uh cost and effort for payout mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know um yeah those um i think it is worth mentioning that there's some really cool stuff like hidden in the guild halls um you guys found a jumping puzzle right uh yes we wormed our way into the northeast corner of gilded hollow which has a jumping puzzle that goes up the waterfall and around. Um, there's actually a second part of it that if you get up a tree branch, goes all the way up to the highest waterfall at the back of the guild hall. And then um, either from there, or there's an easier there's an easier way from uh, kind of the, the guild portal area um, to get over to this back part. But there's um, a hallway with, with banners in it and a, just a huge um unopened area that we we presume you have to uh max out your guild to fully unlock and to unlock all the passageways into there and stuff um but we've been cruising around there because we have no regard for your invisible walls right in it <laughs> yeah and then also you showed me that really cool spot in lost precipice that is like a secluded temple to Melandru in the northeast corner also Yes, um, we also had disregard for invisible walls in um, Twit's Guild Hall. <laughs> yeah. A couple of the rowboats got in there and we were finding our way into places we shouldn't have been, which is what we enjoy. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's only air quotes around that one. That was a uh, pretty minimal jumping if you knew where you were going. 
I will be interested to see though. It looked like there were some bridges or things like that that had been destroyed. So I am wondering if that's meant to be either uncovered when you finish repairing your guild hall or if that's like meant to be future content also, you know, like Yeah. Yeah. I am curious about that too, because it seems like at least for uh Gilded Hollow, all of our services are right in the middle and then kind of beyond that there's quite a bit of empty space that that could be used for future stuff as well as i don't know player player housing i don't know the desire is definitely there amongst the robots for um more and more customization as far as what we can do with our own personal spaces yeah 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 for sure um but yeah they're uh they're neat they're uh yeah i mean the maps are gorgeous like yeah if you haven't gone and explored around your guild hall, I highly recommend it. Just like find all the, all the beautiful corners and stuff. There's <laughs> a lot. Like I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of beautiful corners. Like we've been. Uh, yeah, relics. We kind of had. You know, everyone was like, "Oh, can we have our own spot?" And I said, "Yeah, sure. You can go mark it with a pumpkin." And so you'll walk around the corner, and all of a sudden there'll be like pumpkins littered all over a specific cave. Yeah. That someone wants to live in. I don't know. We've been having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Lost Precipice has grown on me some, although I'm still a little bit. I'm I'm hopeful that one day they will add an option to like like an extra option for the guild leaders to be able to turn on or off all of the uh, updrafts permanently. You know, so that you could uh, fly much more freely than you currently can. But uh, yeah, there's some really cool places there. It's it's neat. So. Uh-huh. Uh well I have to get going soon so is there any final thoughts you have about guild halls uh, like I do have to nope. say I asked you a question and then I took the conversation back because I work that way uh, I do have to say I I have really enjoyed it for the most part um the whole process of unlocking and exploring and um even upgrading to some extent it's just it the the time gate is frustrating and kind of the some of the materials are frustrating but not to the point where the system is unenjoyable um and i'm i'm still enjoying uh what we're doing there so yeah uh yeah i mean i didn't uh i didn't really have anything else i was actually literally just opening my mouth to ask you the exact same thing like is there really anything else you wanted to cover this episode or are we ready to just leave it because raids are right around the corner raids uh briefly we talked a lot about fractals last week and the problem with fractals and then arena net came out with a blog post this week that was like hey we got your back you so they're, all those things yeah roughly yeah they're um rebalancing the rate of ascended drops they're rebalancing what comes out of fractal encryptions so um i recommend holding on to your keys and your um fractal encryptions until december when they are going to drop that patch um, if you're really interested in kind of min-maxing the amount of gold, because they're they're reducing the variation, so it's a more um, consistent amount of gold per per fractal or whatever. I don't remember exactly the wording they used. Um, stabilizing matrices. If you're using those to buy keys, you can convert those um, two to one to keys in uh, fractals. They are going to nerf that to one to one. So if you want to trade those, what? make sure you do it ahead of time. Lame. Did they give a justification for that? Yeah, they said with the because they're upping the gold um, from fractal encryptions. Basically, they they had to they had to nerf that in order to justify um, what they're going to do to make the fractal encryptions better to open. Then are they 
Also factoring in the rate of stabilizing matrices per ring that you get when you salvage, because that makes that even more sort of frustrating. I don't know. Yeah, because as it stands, to salvage a ring, it costs you a gold and obviously the ascended ring, and pretty much all you get out of it is like a couple of stabilizing matrices, maybe. So if that turned into like two keys, then like as as it stands now, it is like uh, it is essentially money positive to salvage a ring uh, as a put like and turn it into keys than it is to buy the keys on their own but of course obviously the cost is that you are getting rid of something ascended so if they turned that on its head that would make the whole ascended salvaging even more frustrating i guess for people that you know do fractals a lot and get a lot of rings like it if it if it once again becomes more profitable to vendor them like that's bad times yeah bad times but uh it i mean it clear it's clear that they're paying attention to the things that like the community's having pain points on so mm-hmm. you know i'm sure it's uh i'm sure they're gonna if they don't get it right on this patch i'm sure they'll get it right on a subsequent patch and maybe give you an extra stabilizing matrix you know on average for a ring or whatever or something else who knows so uh aside from that was there any uh cast cast or anything like that or are we pretty uh... much I didn't have one, but I'll do it on the fly. Hello, and welcome to CastCast. Podcast within the podcast, but the cast with the podcast, and style cast with the podcast. This week on CastCast, I'm really just going to talk about uh, what Relics is doing for writing real quick. Um, we've got a survey up on the forums, so if you are interested in writing with us, if you're a robot already, um, you can go ahead and fill out that survey. We're just kind of getting a gauge on what times people want to do. We're going to run two groups, a normal, like a normal NA primetime and a oceanic-friendly group, uh, bare minimum. If we have more people than those groups fits, obviously we'll be looking into other options. Um, planning on doing teaching raids eventually once we, like, obviously we have to learn it ourselves first, but in a few weeks we'll start uh, opening that up to people who are interested in raiding, but maybe can't make it weekly, can't uh, just invest the time to learn it. We're just going to, much like the, the dungeon, sh- dungeon Sherpa-ing that I have done in the past. Uh, we absolutely intend to do that with raids. Um, so if you want to come hang out with us, we are openly recruiting and we will be raiding. So that's going to happen very soon. Tomorrow. No, not tomorrow soon. I live in the future. Two days soon. Well, you're, I mean, raiding happens in tomorrow from when this podcast comes out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And as such, we are probably, well, we are definitely planning to do a podcast about raids. Um, timing might be a little bit tricky because that is the weekend right before Thanksgiving. So we'll see when we can get people together that is far enough out that we've all probably done the raid once. Um, but that is going to be the topic of our next episode. So hopefully we'll be able to get one out before Thanksgiving and it's late enough that we've actually done something <laughs> worth talking about. <laughs> so um Anyway, uh, other than that, that's, I think, it for this week. So thanks for listening, and we will be back in roughly a week. This has been another episode of Relics of War. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofor.com, email us at relicsofor at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.